Hey there, I'm Bethany Van Delft, and welcome to The 10 News, the show where you give us 10 minutes and we tell you what's up in the world. It's the stuff the grown-ups are talking about, explained, and a lot more fun. And it's just for you. 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. In today's episode... We'll find out what back-to-school has been like for some friends living abroad, polish up our Postal Service IQ, and ask an expert about vote-by-mail. Okay, let's get into the 10 news. The start of this school year has been a lot different from what most of us are used to. Many kids are learning online, while others are getting used to masking up for class. There are different rules in different cities, different states, and different countries. We checked in on ninth grader Leo, sixth grader August, and third graders Zora and Miles to find out what school during the pandemic looks like for them in Tokyo, Japan. Here's what they had to say. We are doing a hybrid of Tuesdays and Thursdays on campus, and then Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays online. Um, when I'm not uh, there physically, it's usually quite easy. Um, We just have classes most of the day and then have like a couple breaks in between where I can just hang out at home. I think it's cool to like when you're at home you get to like choose what you how you want to split up your work and things like that. In person. It's normal at first but always my mom has to take my temperature check before school and she returns it in a form on the computer. Parents are not allowed in campus so we have to walk up the hill, park our bikes and then say goodbye. Also, when you get to school, you have to, like, do your temperature again and spray your hands. There's hand sanitizers in each desk, and you also have to bring a backup mask, and you have to zombie arms to social distance. And you, of course, have to wear masks the whole entire time. I wondered, if it were all up to them, would they choose distance learning or going to school in person? I would do in-person school because I like being with my friends and the school's turning out good and fun. Distance learning because it's safer. It's safe if you stay more at home, but like it's still better if you have a couple days in person. You can ask the teacher questions in real life and like things that you were wondering. And online it's kind of harder to contact them and stuff. So that's like the one thing that I like about it, and also that I get to see my friends two days of the week. I would just like everyone to be safe and try to act normal and, like, don't panic. That's some great advice from Zora. Thanks, friends. It's time for today's trivia question. Can you guess the definition of the word anatidiphobia? Stick around till the end of the 10 to find out. You may be hearing a lot of talk about the post office and how important it is as more and more states move to vote by mail for this year's elections. But there's so much more to know about the post office. Here are our favorite facts. Number one, although it seems like there's a Starbucks on every corner, the largest retail network in our country is actually the Postal Service. According to the USPS website, it's bigger than McDonald's, Walmart, 
and Starbucks combined. One key difference, though, is that the Postal Service is a not-for-profit agency. It's not in the mill game to make money. The U.S. has over 30,000 post offices that deliver billions of pieces of mail each year. Things like medications, paychecks, and voting ballots. People even use the Postal Service to mail live bees, chickens, and even baby alligators. Message number two. Can you guess whose face appeared on the first stamp? LeBron James. LeBron James. No, it wasn't LeBron James. And trick question, it was two people. George Washington, our first president, graced a 10-cent stamp, and on a 5-cent version was Benjamin Franklin, founding father and our first postmaster general. Number three. Part of the role of the trusty postal worker is to deliver everywhere, even the most remote locations, like Supai, a tiny village at the bottom of the Grand Canyon belonging to the Havasupai tribe. First, they have to drive 67 miles from Peach Strings, Arizona, then pack the mail onto a mule who clomps eight miles down into a canyon and finally drops it into a mailbox. What a trip! Number four. Last but not least, the unsung heroes of the Postal Service. Did you know that there's a terrible handwriting task force? At the Remote Encoding Center in Salt Lake City, Utah, 1,000 experts translate address scribbles in an average of four seconds. So make their lives easier and practice your penmanship. While there is a lot of talk about the cost of running the Postal Service, it is a big part of people's lives. The Postal Service doesn't just deliver the mail. It also provides jobs and connects communities. So what can you do to show love to the post office? Buy stamps! And with those stamps, mail letters to your congressperson and tell them to support the U.S. Postal Service. And always be kind to your mail carriers. They just might be delivering a birthday gift from your grandma. If you can find the time to get a free taco, then you can find the time to go vote. Now that we're pretty much experts on the post office, let's talk about an important topic for this year's election, vote by mail. Let's go to our correspondent, Pamela Kirkland, who spoke with David Becker at the Center for Election Innovation and Research. Thanks, Bethany. The history of the post office brings us to a very important way we still use the post office today. Coronavirus has already changed the way we do a lot of things, including how Americans vote. As the country continues to deal with the pandemic, you may have heard politicians and election officials talk about vote by mail. But what exactly does that mean? We asked some kids what they thought. When you can't go to vote, you just melt because you have to go work. Well, I'd like to want to be president and put it in the mail. We brought in an expert to answer some of our questions. My name is David Becker. I run a nonprofit based in Washington, D.C. that's called the Center for Election Innovation and Research. And we work with election officials all over the country to help them run elections that work for voters. We asked him what people should know about voting by mail in their local elections and the presidential election on November 3rd. 
It's basically just an opportunity for voters to receive a ballot in the mail rather than going to a polling place to get their ballot. And in every state, voters can do that. David says with coronavirus still being an issue, expanding voting by mail for everyone is one option that helps election officials keep people safe. In a pandemic, voters are going to need choices. Voters are obviously very concerned about unsafe situations. They're going to want to find opportunities to vote in ways that might seem less risky. Um, For election officials, one big advantage um, to expanding choices for voters is they want to spread voting out across as many days and voting methods as possible so that there aren't a lot of people trying to vote at the same time in a single polling place on election day. But let's hear from Josiah, who had a question about voting. How do they actually know who voted or not? Yeah, so that, that is a really good question. And I have my own sixth grader, and he asked similarly uh, wise questions about this. Um, so first of all, there we have a secret ballot in the United States, and that means It's impossible for anyone to know how any particular person voted, whether they voted for a particular candidate or not. But we do know whether or not someone voted. We don't know who they voted for, but we do know whether or not someone voted. And David says it's important to keep in mind that with so many people voting, it might mean we don't get results as fast as we're used to. Even I fall victim to that and want to know who won right away. And the volunteers who are staffing the polls are being expected to count probably about 150 million ballots. And is it really realistic that we could expect that to happen in just a couple of hours? Probably not, especially in some places where the elections are going to be really close. It's much more important to get the accurate count rather than a fast count. Thanks so much to David Becker for helping us break down voting by mail. Big thanks to our voting expert, David, and correspondent, Pamela. His work is going to be even more important as we get closer to those November elections. Remember our trivia question from earlier in the show? What does the word anatidiphobia mean? Well, did you guess it? Um. Anatidiphobia is the word for the very real fear that somewhere in the world, a duck, yes, a duck, may be watching you. <laughs> Turns out the word was made up by Gary Larson, the creator of the cartoon The Far Side, one of my faves and now is commonly used by people who actually do have a fear of ducks. Well, that brings us to the end of the 10. Thanks for listening to the very first episode of the 10 News. New episodes come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Set a reminder. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media in collaboration with Next Chapter Podcast. A big thank you to our special guest, David Becker, And now for a supersized thanks to all the folks who made this first episode of the 10 News possible. Our amazing contributors and writers, Aaron Fredman, Pamela Kirkland, Bridget Todd, Stephen Tompkins, Anya Schultz, and Ryan Nurse. The hardworking production team, Jenna Paswa, Jacob Bronstein, and Janet Lee. Editorial director, Tracy Crooks. And production director, Jeremiah Tittle. Executive producers, Donald Albright from Tenderfoot TV and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. Our incredible editors and sound design team, Kyle Murdoch, Edgar Kamei, and Greg Cortez. Almost there, folks. Special thanks to our show advisors, the brilliant Rococo Punch team, and all-round journalist extraordinaire, 
Soledad O'Brien. And lastly, thanks to iHeartRadio for their support and partnership. If you have questions about the show or a fun fact you want to share, email us at hello at the10news.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's the 10 News. I'm Bethany Vandell, and I'll see you on Thursday. Check you later.